Hello and welcome to the Women Leaders in Global Health podcast with myself, Almine Volfart Ellison. Dr. Agnes Binagwahu was Minister of Health during the aftermath of the 1994 genocide in Rwanda. She is now the Vice Chancellor and Chief Executive of the University of Global Health Equity, where support for the poor and vulnerable is at the top of the agenda. Thank you for joining us all the way from Chicago, Dr. Binagwahu. Despite the devastation following the genocide 24 years ago, Rwanda is considered the best country in Africa for a girl to grow up in. How did this transformation come about? The story of Rwanda is a story of change of mindset. It started with the worst genocide ever because killing one million people in 100 days without bullets just matched it is enormous and horrific. Convincing people not to go for revenge, but see how together we can build something totally different. How we can forgive people and how also make people responsible of the, the horrific act they have done, even if they were misled by bad leadership, was the first change in mindset that was the building factor of the new Rwanda. What was done in the health sector was totally embedded in all this. We reflect on the value of human life, but also of human education, also of what is it means to segregate, to discriminate, and what is the, 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 the remedy to that, its inclusiveness, and also protecting life. The most important is a development of a country based on human development. It's not a development based on just economic growth. It's a development based on how can we bring with us those who cannot cope with the speed of modernity because of lack of education, because of trauma they have faced in their life, because of illness. So it's that that has changed the trajectory of this country. It's equity. And it's also taking decisions based on evidence and also sustainability. Sustainability more based on human needs and human possibilities and also developing the capacity of thinking out of the box. How did you go about doing all of this? We did a lot of advocacy because what we were proposing seems always too expensive for us. What you are proposing were also always seems unrealistic, unsustainable. But we believe in it and also we didn't compromise who we are all along those way. And that's what we teach in the University of Global Health Equity. We teach to see to, to, to diagnose what are the social roots of illness. And most of the case, it's the society that provoke the, 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 the situation where the, the poor are and the vulnerable. How can we not only treat the symptom, but treat the cause? And how can we create an environment where what we propose for wellness is welcome. The conference is going to be in Rwanda next year, hosted by the university. What are your plans for the next Women Leaders in Global Health Conference? Look at Africa. 
but the problems are universal. What we would like to do is now to see another portion of women leaders and global health. I used to say that global health starts where I have my two feet and that each and every individual is the center of global health. In developing world, women have care at home. They are community health workers in their community. They are, like all over the world, nurses, midwife, and they are the majority of the caregivers. They are the majority as health providers, but they are the majority unrecognized. Even women doctors are exercising their power on women nurses, who exercise their power on women community health workers, not always in a good manner. This is the discussion that we are going to put on the table for women leaders and global health, not necessarily as privileged women like I am, who have the chance to sit and write and do research. Let's think about our sisters that doesn't have that chance and who are the major providers of care. Someone like you with your approach to life doesn't come out of nowhere. Who influenced and inspired you to be a fighter for justice and for equity and inclusion? <laughs> uh, many people, you know, influence you. The person who influenced me the most is a nun. The first day of my primary school, the way she reacts uh, really have oriented my life. I was seven. It was in Belgium, in a Catholic nun boarding school. We received a book, and I love books. So I was very proud to receive one of my first books. For very proud to be at school. I want to learn so much. Uh, it was part of my idea to grow. And I just go through the book quickly that we received, and there was nice pictures, but no black. And it was about religion. So we look at the paradise, uh, there was a white god, white angel, white people there. And in, in hell, I can see the first black who was an ugly devil. And I asked, where, where are we? Because I was living in a black family, I'm a black woman. And I say, I didn't imagine my father, sister, brothers, all those lovely people not being in paradise. So I just raise my hand genuinely and say, how come that the only black is an ugly devil? Ugly, really ugly. And I was finished. She punished me for indiscipline and I don't know what. And I say, oh, I tackled something. I don't know why because I didn't figure out what racism is. And I'm not sure that she was racist. She was just afraid of racism and not ready to talk about it. So I, she put me in the corner, humiliated me in front of all the class, but I was not humiliated. I was proud to say, ah, I ask a question. I'm here to learn and to have answer on issue of life. And first attempt, I'm finished like that. I took lesson 
I will never trust an adult just because he is an adult and he has a position. Second, I will find the solution of my question. If I want a true answer, maybe I should search them myself and not ask. And third, this is an injustice. And I will be punished and go to all the corners of the world. But I will always ask my hard questions. Have you ever mentored anyone else? Oh, yes. I love it, by the way. And would you recommend mentoring to other women? Oh, first of all, I learned so much. You know, you don't mentor and believe that you give. You mentor and you receive so much. If you had one piece of advice for young women who know they have potential, they know what they can do, they're not necessarily getting that acceptance from the outside world and they're facing obstacles, what would you tell them? Never give up. Follow your passion with integrity. You will always make it. And sometimes you cannot make it yourself, but you create the way for this to be more simple for others. Thank you so much for speaking with us, Dr. Benagwahu. The conference will be live streamed on Thursday and Friday. Please visit www.wlghconference.org for more information or follow us on social media using the hashtag WLGH18.